This week has been declared the national mourning period for the victims of the deadly Halloween stampede in Itaewon that claimed 156 lives. We send our deepest condolences to bereaved families. Our thoughts and prayers are with the victims. All eyes will be fixed on the U.S. midterm elections next Tuesday, the results of which will be the first official report card of the Biden administration and a political compass that will define the future legislative landscape of the country. Now, historically, midterm elections frequently see the president's party lose seats in Congress. Will the trend hold up? What's at stake and which key election issues from the high gas prices to the overturned abortion rights will affect the results of this election? This morning, we're joined by Professor Sean Terrier from the Department of Government at the University of Texas. He joins us on the line from the Lone Star State. Good morning, Professor Sean Terrier. Oh, uh, thank you for having me on today. <laughs> thank you very much. Uh, given our rather wide listenership, we do have to start with the basics. The midterm elections will see all the seats in the House of Representatives and more than a third of the Senate up for grabs. It will have an enormous influence on the rest of President Biden's term. Now, because we have listeners from all over the world, some of whom may be unfamiliar with the American political system, could you first explain how the midterm elections work? Sure. So, right, we call them midterm elections because they happen in the middle of a presidential administration. So, of course, Joe Biden was elected president in 2020. And the next presidential election in the United States isn't until 2024. And so this is in the middle of the term. And so we call it the midterm elections. And so it is, as you said, all 435 seats, the entire chamber of the U.S. House of Representatives is up. And then one third of the Senate is normally up. And then because we had a couple of vacancies and special elections, uh, there will be, as you said, more than one third of the Senate. Um, and so, uh, right, that's the uh, classics on the midterm elections. And we usually we expect about oh, between 35 to 45 percent of the American voters would turn out. Where if this were a presidential election year, we'd expect something like 55, maybe as high as, as 65 even, uh, showing up as they did in, in 2020. But perhaps with more disgruntled Americans, especially thrown off by the high cost of gas and groceries, do you expect to turn out to be a little bit higher this year? Yeah, we do expect the turnout to be higher, but not necessarily for the reasons that you stated, right? So normally what we expect in midterm elections, and you said this in the intro, is that the president's party would lose seats. Um, and that has happened since since World War II. There have only been two exceptions. Um, but it, normally the reason that happens is because the out party is more excited to kind of uh, be critical of the administration. And so we'd expect Republican turnout to be really high. Um, and, and it, it is. By all accounts, it sounds like Republicans are turning out. But it seems like in 2022 that Democrats are also going to be turning out at slightly higher levels than we normally would think out parties would. And I don't think the drivers there are the inflation. I think it has to do with, right, still the lingering effects of the Trump administration, mm. uh, the hangover from the January 6th insurrection. Mm. Um, and I write the, the Dobbs decision, the overturning of, of Roe versus Wade, mm. um, which has made uh, abortion in some states much more difficult to, to get than uh, before um, the Dobbs decision. 
As you've already alluded to, politicians make their final appeals to voters. A wide-reaching set of issues have dominated discussions across the U.S., from the struggling economy to, as you said, more importantly, perhaps abortion rights, the overturning of Roe versus Wade. Can you tell us a little bit more about some of the key issues that will likely have the most significant impact on the midterm election results? Yeah, and so we expect, right, Republicans have, have been trying to frame this election very much as, as, an, as an, an election about inflation, um, an election about crime. Um, so, right, they, they're trying to get at you with your uh, wallet by talking about inflation and then get at you with your heart with crime. Here, Democrats um, have been focusing much more on, on abortion um, and on also the uh, lingering effects of the insurrection. Um, and it, 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 in fact, Trump's entire behavior as president. Um, and, and so they're trying to cast this as a right. Democracy is fragile. The only way that we can ensure that democracy continues to be stable in the United States is if we rebuke those who were supportive of what happened on January 6th. Hmm. Um, and so you have right two very different frames in, in how this election is, is being viewed. Hmm. Um, and when you ask Democrats, they'll say the issues that they matter most to them are, are certainly inflation. Uh, and uh, but then again, the, the second and third issues would be right the fragility of democracy and, and abortion. But Republicans would say it's about inflation, 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 and then maybe they might say crime. <laughs> so there are two very conflicting uh, frames. Um, that is the political sphere, and I think that's pretty universal. Not to just single uh, out the American political system. It, it does look like largely Washington is bracing for a major Republican win, according to uh, election forecaster five thirty eight. Republicans have an eighty one percent chance of winning control. Of the House. That's all in the meanwhile, Democrats have a chance to defend their majority in the Senate, but by a razor thin margin. Now, I guess the big question going forward is what does this all imply? Could it foreshadow another race between Biden and Trump? And what about the ongoing investigations on the January insurrection? Yeah, so right, remember that that January 6th committee is only in the House of Representatives. Mm-hmm. Um, and so one of the first uh, things that would happen if the Republicans take over is, is the January 6th committee would cease to exist that, or it would have a very different focus. Um, so uh, you could imagine I'm going off in an entirely different direction. Um, right. The, the Senate we think of as being perhaps more important. And as you said, it's a, it's a toss up right now. I think that Democrats would be thrilled um, on election day if they were able to, to, to maintain control of the Senate, because it's all of those judges, right. in the judicial system and the circuit courts and the, and the district courts in the United States, as long as the Democrats maintain their majority in the Senate, then they could still fill all of those positions. But I think but for uh, the filling of those positions with Republican majorities in the House and the Senate, I don't think that we would expect any huge policy changes. But rather, I, I think that we would see uh, the Republicans trying to position for 2024 as, as well as the Democrats. And, and, and whether or not that's Joe Biden or, and, or Donald Trump or, or other people, um, it, it would be very much framing uh, for what what we're likely to see happen in 2024. So the U.S. midterm election results will clearly not only shape the remaining term for President Biden, but also have ramification for the rest of the world, namely from all of us here in South Korea. What's your projection of election results and how would it impact key U.S. economic and foreign policies? Um, so I don't think the elections would have too much of an effect, both in how we conduct our, our uh, foreign policy in part because so much of that is driven by the State Department. And regardless of what happens next Tuesday, the, the, the Secretary of the Senate is still going to be the same person. The President is still going to be the same person. Um, in, in, we don't think of the uh, Democrats and Republicans as having huge differences with the major 
um, foreign relation issues right now. Mm-hmm. So we would expect that the Republicans, if they were able to maintain or to, to get control of the House, that we would still be as supportive of Ukraine as, as we've been over the past couple of years. Mm-hmm. Um, and we would expect that um, right in terms of uh, the stability and, and uh, uh, relationships with South Korea and Japan, we would still expect uh the South Koreans and the Japanese to be allies of ours as we're confronting the the, the situation in China. Um, and, and I don't think that we would see too much of a difference uh, if Republicans mm. uh, came into control, at least in terms of, of foreign policy. Um, mm. But other policies, I think that we could see more changes in. But considering that uh, Republicans did have the inflation, inflation, inflation sort of angle leading up to these elections, uh, supporting the war in Ukraine, of course, it has a hefty cost, literally on gas prices. How would that line up? Yeah, so, right, I mean, they're not they're not going to do right, even if, if mm. there's right, even if we think of the war in Ukraine as driving the Ukraine, uh, driving the gas prices and the increase in, in, in the gas prices they're not going to be on the side of, of Vladimir Putin, right? right? So I, I think that at the end of the day, uh, they're, they're just going to be talking about other issues. And the interesting thing about the Republican strategy and talking about inflation, 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 um, is that they haven't offered really what they would do, mm-hmm. um, right? They, they say that the reason that we have high inflation is because of what the Democrats have done. But what the Democrats have done is already done. Mm-hmm. And there's no way they could repeal what the Democrats have done because Joe Biden is still going to have um, the veto pen, and he would still veto anything that they would try to do. And so I think we're, that we're just much more likely to be at loggerheads, mm-hmm. and we're still going to be looking towards the Fed to try and figure out a solution to inflation, to try and get it off the agenda, at least uh, before the 2024 election. So here is a contentious issue. The Inflation Reduction Act has become a hot potato here in Korea as a new law includes potentially discriminatory elements against electric vehicles made outside of the U.S., which could deal a huge blow to South Korean automakers. Now, it seems the large aim of the act was to tame inflation and to essentially keep China at bay. But would Republicans' control of the House offer a change or maybe even a chance to revise the standing law? I, I think you're not likely to see that. And I can, and I can appreciate particularly where you're coming uh, from on this particular issue. Mm. But remember that this is a little bit of Joe Biden borrowing the playbook of Donald Trump mm. and putting America first with respect to trade policy. Mm. And so I think that you would be hard pressed to think that Republicans would try to carve out some exemption for other countries who are building electric vehicles at the same time that, that Joe Biden has, has been trying to bring back some of those manufacturing jobs to the United States. Mm-hmm. So I think, I think that this is one issue that, right, that we're not likely to see a change, even if we do see a change in the majority in the House. Mm-hmm. Uh, four Korean-American candidates, namely Young Kim, Andy Kim, Michelle Park Steele, and Marilyn Strickland are expected to win the House election, according to the Korean-American Grassroots Conference. What's your projection? And do you see it as an important change that there are more visible Asian-American representation? Yeah, so right, I, I certainly agree with, with those projections uh, made by the Korean-American Grassroots Conference. Um, and, and what right, if I could, I would just expand it out, and I would say any time that you have the United States Congress looking a little bit more like the United States citizens, it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. And so to have more Asian Americans, particularly Korean Americans, Mm -hmm. I just think brings different voices to the table. Um, And I think that's just really important for the 
functioning of our democracy. So I would applaud right, right their voices as, as well as other voices um, that, that traditionally haven't had a seat at the table. Mm. Professor Terrier, thank you so much for your insights. So perhaps uh, in the aftermath of the midterm elections, we wish to maybe speak to you again on the results of the election. No, that sounds good. And I'm glad that I didn't go too far out on a limb on any of those projections that you can come back and ask me why I was wrong. (laughs) (laughs) We appreciate the honesty and the candor. Thank you very much. Have a good day. That was uh, Professor Sean Terry from the Department of Government at the University of Texas. He joined us from the Lone Star State. Uh, We try to give you the uh, insights on what's to be expected of the upcoming U.S. midterm elections. Uh, Come next Tuesday, we'll talk about the results and what comes next for the Biden administration.